I don't know um, where you're at for Christmas this year, uh, if you're ready, uh, if you're not ready, but uh, a couple days away. And uh, as we do it, here's, here's what I know about you, I know about me, um, pretty much anybody in the room, uh, and that is this, that we all really, really want life to make sense. We want the dots to connect. Uh, we want things to just kind of have a purpose and a flow and uh, for everything just to, to kind of work out along the way. And um, we, we don't like it when things kind of hit bumps in the road or things kind of fall apart and the dots don't all connect. And we don't like it when life gets random. Um, and we don't like hearing things that we've been saying a lot around the... Uh, We've, we've, I've heard this for a lot around the office and at the building and stuff, and I've, I've used it way too much probably in the last couple months, um, and that is the phrase, it is what it is, uh, and uh, it, it's a phrase we've kind of like just been using a lot lately, and uh, I don't like it because I don't like the phrase, I don't like being stuck with just kind of, well, it is what it is, we just adapt, we move on, we, we work with it. This week has been a lot of that same kind of uh, terminology and things like that, and it's, it's hard because we like life to make sense, we like it to be on our schedule, we like it to be on our time frame, and uh, we don't like to hear, well, I guess they, you know, maybe you've heard these phrases before, we don't like these either, like, maybe they just weren't into you, you know what I mean? Like, oh, well, that's great to hear. Uh, we just, we, well, we just have to make some cuts, and you're the one to go. Um, those are always fun. No real rhyme or reason, you're just kind of bought a low man on the totem pole, so you've, you've got to go. We don't like hearing, I guess it's not for right now. Isn't that the worst phrase? Well, I guess it's just not right now. And you're like, well, I want it to be right now. Uh, I guess we just have to adjust. I don't know. Many of us just don't like that phrase in and of itself. I, d- I just don't know. I don't know why it didn't work out. It just didn't. That seems futile, but we, we've heard that phrase. Uh, and, and again, like I've said before, the one that we've heard a lot lately is it is what it is. And, and we want answers. Um, we want answers to the questions that we have. We want life to be easy. Um, maybe not even easy, but we want it to work out. And uh, the thing is, everybody in this room is going to hit a time in their life many different times in their lives, when you hit road bumps and speed bumps, and we, we've all hit them, and this could be a really big problem, or even an unexpected moment in our lives when our lives hit a wall, and we really want to have the dots connect, and for some reason, they just, they just don't. Um, and so this morning, I want to talk about what happens when we, we hit those. This idea of peace to uh, relationships is not going to be a sermon this morning that is kind of like, here's all your five steps. Like last week, we talked about reaching out to our neighbors. This is in-house, and this is just our relationships to those within the body of Jesus Christ. For those who are believers this morning, um, this is for you. And this morning, it's going to be one that isn't going to be a ton of application. And actually, we're going to be looking at a passage that has very little to do with you or with me. But it has everything to do with those moments where the dots don't connect. We, 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 we hear news we didn't expect. We, we hit those walls and those speed bumps and we don't know what to do. And we just kind of get stuck in those phrases that we don't like to hear. And so here this morning, is I want to I show you that these moments are really the best things for our church family. These moments that we see are these speed bumps and these plans that we make and they're not what we wanted them to be. These moments are not random. Uh, You need to hear that in your own life. These moments are not random. These moments are doing something. These moments are how experiencing God's pleasure toward his church happen. Let me say that again. 
when you hit these moments, when you hit these speed bumps, when you hit these kind of things that are throwing you curveballs and you're like, I don't know what to do, these are the moments where you get to experience God's pleasure toward his church. And if we're not careful, we can miss the moment and we can just fly right through it. We can miss moments of God's power being displayed in and through his church. Now, let me just kind of put that out there. We, we say this a lot, but let me just kind of clarify. When I say you see the power of Christ in and through his church, it is not a building. It is not Canal Folden. It is not Tesla. It is not, it's not a city. It is his people within the building. It is his people within the towns that is the church. So Community Bible Church, yes, these building transfers, you've been through one, two, three, we'll be in third, kind of transition from building to building, elementary to here and now over there. And who knows, maybe we'll be out of that one too at some point and they got to figure out a whole other realm, right? The thing is, the building is a tool. The power that is displayed is not the building. And God has been continually reminding me, you put all this energy and all this time into this thing, you got to remember, that's great, that's important, but here's what I want you to remember, I want the church to remember, this is not just a building, this is not, don't get caught up in the tool, get caught up in the power of Community Bible Church in and through the people who have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ being put on display through this process and how we as a church body move forward into what God is calling us into next. And if we're not careful, we miss moments of God's power being displayed in and through his church. And so this morning, I want to walk us through this passage in Ephesians chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, you can get there. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. This is probably one of my favorite prayers in the Bible. And this is Paul praying this over the church at Ephesus. And uh, as a church planter who had planted this church, he is now being able to pray over them. And you're going to see at the very beginning, there's a, there's a tie here. There's a relational bond here. And I want to kind of show you along the way that when we hit these bumps, when we hit these, these things that we don't expect, the biggest thing we need is the body of Christ to rally around us so that we can see the power of God on display. Does that make sense? You need the person next to you this morning. You need the body of Jesus Christ. We need Community Bible Church to be together more than we've ever needed them to be together. Because, not because we're, we're moving into a building. We need Community Bible Church together because there are many, many, many in our body right now that are struggling through some really big bumps in the road. There are many in this room, even I've got a text this morning, that there are many people who are struggling with some big things right now. And we need to see the power of Jesus Christ on display. And here's what I want to pray for us as a church and hopefully to encourage you with this morning. So again, if you're, if you're coming this morning, you're like, just give me the application. Just tell me what to do. You're going to be very, very disappointed this morning. Okay, so let me just put it out there. If you come this morning and you say, I just want to know about Jesus and I want to know about what he's doing, this is the passage for you. And so I want to just kind of jump right into it this morning. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. Chapter 3, verse 14. Let's begin in verse 14. For this reason, so we're not going to go back. What, what reason, Paul? What are you talking about? We've kind of hit this midstream. What are we talking? For this reason, verse 14 goes back to 13. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. Paul is in prison. He is writing this from prison. He is suffering because he has shared Jesus Christ. Didn't like it. They threw him in prison. He is writing this from his prison plate. Well, it's not a cell, but anyway, he's, he's writing from prison. And at this point, he's saying, I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering. They were concerned about him. 
They were worried, is this church even going to make it? They were concerned, is Ephesus really where it's going to be? Because our, our church planner is, is, in, is in jail. That's kind of a hard reputation. That's something that probably permeated a lot of Ephesus. Who, where's your pastor? Oh, he's, he's in jail. Cool. Uh, who's preaching now? And I mean, it's just a weird kind of conversation. But in this, he says, don't lose heart even over this big problem. So he says, don't lose heart. And so you don't lose heart. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Just begin there. I want to just say, he says, I want you to understand that there is a reason behind this and I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. He says, I have a relational bond here with you. I have, I have a, a, a deep yearning to know you. I, I'm, I'm hitting my knees on your behalf, Paul is saying to the church in Ephesus. So there's a relational piece here that comes with this church body at the very beginning. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from every family in heaven and earth is named. And then I'm just going to read the rest of this and we're going to dive into it. But he says this, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. He says, this passage is all about God and what he does for us. This passage is nothing about you, nothing about me, and all about Jesus Christ. This is goodwill towards men. This is what he says, that goodwill towards mankind. This is it. This is his pleasure toward us who believe. My pleasure towards you is found in this passage. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and you will know the breadth and length and depth of his love. In other words, God is showing you what he did that you really had no say in. And I think we often sometimes need to step outside of our worlds and step outside of what's going on and say, okay, I see everything around me and it can really be defeating or it can really be exhilarating, but I need to step out and say, okay, but what is Christ doing in the midst of it? Because Christ is working even in the midst of it. And we hit these bumps. We, we want solutions. We want to fix the problem. And this morning, I want to kind of share how we got that way as just a culture And then I want to kind of explain why this passage is so needed for us in this culture. So, how we got this way. Why is this hard for us to take a passage like this that seems so ethereal and so out there and not very practical? Why do we have harder times, at least for me, have harder times wrestling through these passages that are so out there and not just practical? Let me get a little philosophical on us here at Christmas um, and maybe explain why this is somewhat harder for some of us in the room Um, and maybe not so much for others. We are what are called great, great, maybe even great uh, grandchildren of the Enlightenment. The Enlightenment um, is this period in time in our history that moved us from truth being whatever tradition said to a time of reason and individualism. Actually, it's a really interesting topic because up until this point in time in our history, as a culture, globally even, there was, there was this thing that tradition was how you found truth. And especially in church history, tradition was how you found truth. In other words, if somebody were to say, is it true or is it not? You would have to say, well, I don't know. What's tradition say? What does the church body say? They would go back and they would search all the books and all the archives of what tradition meant and how tradition worked. And they would form their opinions off of 
those kind of things. And there was really no other forward-thinking thought other than whatever they said, that's what I believe. When enlightenment came in, they said, no, you have a brain, you have a, a mind, and it is a, you can think reasonably about things, and also you can have this individualism that it's just, it's just about you. And so whatever you think it is, you should be able to rationalize it, think it through, put it down practically, and therefore fix whatever that problem is. It was from the 17th and 18th century that we as Americans and other nations have redefined truth and redefined what it means to conduct ourselves. And you're like, okay, whoa, we're going to enlightenment from here. Stick with me. It shifted our lives from believing and trusting in tradition and group mentality and moved us toward this individualistic kind of truth that everything can be explained with reason and fact and that can be found by each of us on our own. Does that make sense? So what we've stepped into, what we have currently, and you see it all over the place, you see it in media right now, especially in our government and other places, it is, it's about me, it's about my desires and my wants, and I need to fix my own problems, my own issues, and I'm going to define truth the way I want to define truth, and that's okay because it makes sense for me. If it doesn't make sense for you, well, that's fine. You can believe whatever you want to believe. I'm going to believe what I'm going to believe, and Basically, it's this scenario that everything, again, can be explained with reason and fact and that we can be found by each other to be fine on our own. In other words, we say what is right and wrong and no one can tell us different. To oversimplify all of it, it's the answer to everything in life. The answer to everything in life is practical and knowledge-based. Every bump in the road can be solved with the right info or the right tool for the right problem. We will and must fix the problem, and we will and must fix the problem by ourselves. Been there? We, we, we don't want anybody else to interfere. It's my problem. I got myself into it. I'll get myself out. I don't need anybody else around me to fix my problem. I'm just going to fix it. And I, the, re, the way I fix it is I find the right information and the right tools, and they solve my problem. We believe we just know the right thing to do and do it enough we will fix the problem, whether it's our work, whether it's our relationships, whether it's our emotions, or whether it's our relationship with Jesus Christ. We believe if we just know the right thing to do and do it enough, we will fix the problem. Basic, really simplify it down. Right information equals right actions. I, if I know the right thing to do, I'll put it into place, and therefore, I'll fix the problem. Here's the big issue that we're going to see that is addressed in Ephesians chapter 3. Show of hands this morning, how many today know the right thing to do, but do the completely opposite thing anyway? Right? Even, even, even as a young child, you can ask that same question. How many of you know the exact right thing to do? You, 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 saw, you, you put your pros, cons, your cons list, your pros list, whatever. You put it all together and you're like, don't care. I still end up doing the things I don't want to do. Romans chapter 7, for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do want is what I keep on doing. You're not alone, right? Paul was with us. It's a constant, constant thing. We know the right thing to do, but we don't have the power to do it. It's not a knowledge problem. It's a power problem. Make sense? You, you know all the right words. You know all the right verses. There's just not the power behind it to actually discipline it into action. So what does this have to do with Christmas? What does this have to do with the pleasure of God? 
Well, let's go into verses 13 or 14 and beyond here. Let's, let's kind of figure this out because Jesus is now going to show us what he does that he is the power behind the knowledge. He is the most important thing in this equation. He is the one that gets this right. And that's why this is going to be so hard to apply today, except you're just going to have to say, okay, I just got to fall back on Jesus. I got to fall back on Jesus. You're going to see that throughout this. But Jesus is going to show us what Jesus, Jesus is going to show us what he has done for us. Ephesians chapter three, let's go back into 13 again. So I ask you not to lose heart of what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. Verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from every family in heaven and on earth is named. Right? That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. He says, I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit, which is his gift to us, in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend. So, he says it's this inner being. What, is this, what, is, what does he mean, inner being? This inner being is that soul. We all have one, and it all starts off broken. Your inner being, or your soul, is that thing that was broken from the moment you breathed your first breath on this planet. That thing that is eternally in you. It's the thing that is bound for one of two places. Your soul is bound for an eternity in heaven or an eternity in hell. And the Bible says that it is born as a bent and as an enemy of God and is in a direction towards hell. And the only way that gets solved is in, a, is in a healing process where Christ comes in and fixes the problem for us. Paul is telling us, you and I have broken, fractured souls. Souls that are opposed to God, enemies of God. You and I, and you know this, we know this, you and I are a hot mess. And what we can do is embrace that we are a hot mess and identify it and present it to a God who is described here as having riches. He says, from the riches of your glory. Riches of his glory. This is a huge term. We don't have time to dive all of it today. But let me just say, if you can make anything you want, any time you want, with any amount that you want, from nothing... You have some pretty big riches, correct? I mean, if you can create whatever you want, whenever, however much of, out of zip, out of nothing, because he's just God, that's some pretty big riches. So the truth and reality is this morning, yes, we are a hot mess. We can't fix ourselves. We hit these bumps. We don't know what to do. But when you surrender your inner being to Christ, you are a hot mess that is grounded, (laughs) You are, you are exchanging your life for the life of Jesus Christ. And he says, because you have Christ in you, you are rooted, secure, and steady in the love of Jesus Christ. That's, that's, that's a beautiful reminder. When we hit these moments that we don't know what to do, God says, remember who you are. You are, you are in Christ, rooted, grounded, established in him. The key here is to identify the hot mess and then ask for the power to fix it, right? A lot of us this morning, we are, I don't know what yours is, but I'll just kind of share openly some of mine this week. Um, that yes, I know I'm grounded. Yes, I know I'm rooted. Yes, I know that he has power for me. But here's where I've, here's where I've hit some bumps this week. I've hit some bumps in, in the weight of knowing every single 
problem that should arise in being a church plant, four years old, trying to move into a new space in a somewhat new community, and on top of that, how to navigate and bring a people along, a body of church along in it that is that has kind of hit some pretty big bumps along the way. And so I, I have kind of had this week where I felt the weight of feeling the pressure, and this is just confession time, but I feel like I've had the weight and the pressure of, of figuring out how do I know every single issue and how am, I, how am I able to fix every single thing that comes along. And here's what reality of God has been saying to me every single day this week. And I say that specifically because it's been true. Leading up into the season, God has continually said, it's not up to you. You aren't supposed to know how to fix it. You aren't supposed to know every single thing that's coming up. Because you'd freak out anyway. So, so just let it go. Not that frozen way, but, but just give it up. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't, don't, let, don't let that be your job description because it's mine. You can't fix the jacked upness of this world. You can't. You can't fix the, the hot messes that are in my own life and all the lives that are represented at Community Bible Church. We, I just can't do it. But Christ, in all his power and the riches of his glory, can. And so he's taken this weight of having to know every issue and being able to fix it. And he says, just take it off. It's heavy. It's like a huge backpack of weight that you've been carrying around. Just just take it off. And it's been so freeing to say, I'm not in control. I'm not in control of what happens. God ultimately is in control of us. And he will speed us up and slow us down as he sees fit. And I'm going to trust in him. Here's the other one. Fear that I'm letting people down in the process. And, and not just like people down, but like, I, I don't know if you're like me, but I have kind of some of that tendency in me to, to let anybody down, right? I don't, even, you know, I don't even have to know them, right? And I've let them down. You're like, you don't even know them. Why, why are you letting them down? I don't know, but they probably are. They probably hate me. They don't even know you exist. Calm down, right? Like, and in a rational world, when you have the conversation, it makes sense. But when you're by yourself, and it's just kind of like, no, no. No, they're planning and plotting against me. They hate me. Every single thing I do. Right? And God's like, calm down. Calm down. You're, one, you're not that important. Secondly, they, they, they don't care. And third, it's going to be fine. Okay? And I'm telling you, I have seen the power of God on display this week in my own life when I've been able to turn off those voices and try to not to get all the right information to fix all the right issues and have all the right answers for all of you this morning. Why did we do this? And how is this working? And how's that working? What's going on here? I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> don't know. I care. I'm not going to say I don't care. I care. I just, I have no idea how God's going to work all this out. But I know he is. Because I've seen it over the last four years. He's done it. He's worked everything out better than we ever thought or planned. He's going to do it. We did, I just got to stop freaking out about it and he'll be fine. Fear of letting people down in the process. And it's, it's God saying, okay, that, that's, that's not the right person to let down. If anybody you should be worried about letting down, it's me. And here's the beauty that I've already told you. You are rooted and grounded in me. You will never let me down. Maybe for you this morning, that's all you need out of this morning. You are never going to let me down. My son is in you. I see him and I see beauty and I see perfection in you because Christ in you. 
And so from those two of the weight of knowing every issue, fear that I'm letting somebody down, the third thing that pops in is the anger that I can't do any of the two things above. (laughs) Been there? I can't fix it. I can't solve it, right? I'm already letting people down. There's a weight of knowing every issue. And then there's just a frustration and anger because I should be able to do it. Because I'm, I don't know what I am, right? Because, because somehow convince yourself that you're that important and that you're all knowledgeable and that you're going to solve the problem that nobody else should be able to solve. And so there becomes this anger and this frustration and then that anger and frustration leads to sin, right? And God said, don't let it get down the path of sin. Understand who you are. Trust in me. And that has been his story all week. Oh, Joel, that you would know the riches of my glory, that you would be strengthened with power from my spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. Huge. That he may dwell in your heart through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Christ in you. And he says, now that you are grounded in love, he says, I pray because of this that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints, that is the church body, the church as a whole, not just community, church worldwide, that you would know the, the, with the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I want you to think and dwell on Christ that you know how far God's love goes and how much power he has, that he would fill you, not fullness of just knowledge, but fullness of God himself. You and I, hot messes of saints. We get that. You and I will never be able to solve all the issues are going to come at us. No amount of podcasts, no amount of books, no amount of blogs or chats will be able to solve your problem that you are currently in. You can look at all of them and you can look at them all the time. They aren't going to solve the problem. You, me, we need the goodwill, pleasure of God that grants to us supernatural power from Jesus Christ. Which leads us to our last goal this morning, not to irritate you that you can't do it on your own, but hopefully to inspire you that you cannot do this on your own. You just can't. We can't. Community cannot do anything without the power of God behind us. We can't do it. We can't solve every problem. We can't meet every need. We're going to exhaust ourselves if we try and do it. Nothing in this passage is about you. Nothing in this passage is about me. Nothing is about us. It's about God and Jesus Christ. And this prayer is awesome because it's the only shot we have. The only thing we have to bank on is verse 18, that we have within us and that we would know the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You see, in 17 and 19, there's two words that are opposed to each other. Not maybe opposed, but, but they're different from one another. He says, you, 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 your, your hearts will believe through this word called faith. And this faith should then surpass knowledge. Knowledge and faith are not enemies. They are not, I, I should just be all faith or all knowledge. No, 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 no. Your knowledge is needed. 
but your faith should surpass your knowledge. Does that make sense? Your faith should always surpass your knowledge of God. If you don't, you are always going to be stuck in the knowledge thing. Give me the right tools and the right information, and I'll fix my problem and move on. When in reality, maybe God's saying to us as Community Bible Church, I'm not going to solve your problems. I'm not going to just fix it. Because I want you to trust in me, in faith, the way you did when you first started. And he says, if you don't, if that's not enough, let me give you verse 20. Now to him, Jesus Christ, who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask. That's crazy. Don't, don't, don't rush through this passage. You may have heard this before. You've probably seen it on a mug somewhere. That's fine. Don't rush past this. To him who is able to do, key here, far more abundantly than all we ask. Who is able to do far more abundantly than all we think. According to the power at work, where? Within us. To him be glory in the church. That's awesome. In other words, his power should be displayed in us. We should all be walking around with, as little Christ generators in this community and be like, there's something different about him. I'm talking about the community Bible church that I don't get. It's, it's easy. They, they love Jesus. Be the glory and the church and the Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You see, we can read this passage and say, now to me who is able to do more abundantly than all I ask and more than I think. In other words, I just got to have the right amount of power and I can fix it. I just have the right amount of energy and I'll get over it. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. You see, Christ is good enough to remind us that this church is where it is, not because of anybody special. It's because of Jesus Christ, steadfast meeting of our needs, supplying all that we need, giving us more than we ask and more than we think, and moving us in the right direction. This week, um, I was uh, putting some things together for this, and uh, I, I'll, I'll apologize now. I don't see. I can't see. This is going to change in the place. Um, I can't see. Perry, I'm going to share something. Hopefully, I didn't ask you if I could do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Is that cool? All right. Um, so, so this week, Okay, so, so this week, um, there was a lot of uh, decisions to be made and a lot of things that needed to get done and, and some things like that. And, and so this power of God on display, this doing more than we ask or think, this power to know Christ's breadth and depth and height, that kind of thing, was... Uh, part of a conversation. And so we were talking about community groups heading into to next semester. And, and as we were talking about them, there's a lot of just small detail things that need to get done and some decisions that need to get made. And, and then 
along the way, we just started talking about some big decisions um, that are happening in, in, in Perry's life and in my life and um, just a lot of unknowns. Like, you, 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 you can pull the trigger on something and you're like, I think it's the right thing, right? I think we did the right. And, and so we were talking about it. And everything in me was like, okay, just, just I want to listen, I want to hear, I want to I understand. And, and it was actually right out here because I was going to get ready to fill out the um, release form so we could meet here on Monday. And I'm sitting out there on the phone and we're praying. I said, Perry, can I pray for you? Can we just pray uh, over some of the decisions you have in your life? And, and in the midst of it, the beauty of it was that God kind of broke through in the middle of the conversation. And as I'm praying, it was as if God was saying, you're saying all of the right things. You're believing all the right things for Perry. What about you? And it was that moment where like the, the phone just kind of went silent in the middle of the prayer. And I'm probably like, he dropped me. That was weird. <laughs> but it was just quiet. And it was God saying, we're good. You got to trust me. You, you got to trust me. You got to figure out this is, this is where we're heading. This is where we're going. And it was, it was this phrase that we've used at our house over the last couple of nights. We've been doing Advent together. And, and one of the Psalms, it says that God kind of grabs um, the face of the person in the psalm, and he says, look, look, just, just, just look. You ever been there with your kids where, like, things are just nuts, and they're, you know, freaking out? <laughs> and you're like, just stop, just look, 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 just put blinders on, just look right here. Look, look, we're good. <laughs> and it was just one of those weeks where it's like, Gosh, n- not everything looked good. And, and it, was, it was in that conversation that was a beautiful thing to share with um, a brother in Christ that was not intentional. It was never meant to be that. But I said, Perry, I said, I think God meant this call for me. And uh, it was good. And it was, it was just, it was refreshing because it was like God saying, you've done all this study, you've done all this prep, that's great. Don't forget you're inadequate. <laughs> Thank you. Don't forget, you, 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 don't, you don't have to do this. It was like God grabbing by the face and saying, we're okay. You're not supposed to know how to handle this. It's okay. And, and I wasn't sure whether or not all that to get shared today, but I, I feel like somebody here, it's good to remind yourself that a God who, in the midst of doing Christian things, of loving a brother in Christ and saying, can we just pray for an issue that came up in a life? And God says, watch what I do on a Wednesday morning. And just not only meeting a need here, but also meeting yours and answering a prayer here, but I'm also answering it for you. And it was God telling me and showing me, and I walked away from the conversation into this building, and I'm like, same thing here. I'm just like walking in. They probably thought like, what is wrong with this poor man? Like I walk into the building, I'm like, I just need a form. You know, they're like, but I walk in, I'm like, we're good. 
Whatever God's going to do, we're good. And it was this verse that was so loud that day. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. This was written way back. And he says, this glory is going to go on forever and ever and ever and ever. In this generation, in this generation, in this generation, in the coming generation, all generations will be praised and glorified because Jesus is in it. Not, be, uh, not, because, not because we have a building, not because we have a tool and a resource now, not because of any of that stuff. God will be glorified through his people and only that way. He's not impressed with any of this. He's impressed with you. He's impressed with community Bible church following in his footsteps. So this morning, I want you to understand, maybe you just needed to hear that this morning, that God desires to kind of grab you by the face and say, I know there's a lot going on. I know you're worried. I know there's a lot happening. Just look, 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 look. Just, just look. Just look at me. Look at me. You are rooted and grounded and established in Jesus Christ. And we are coming to the God of all riches and glory, to a love and a power that is immeasurable in breadth and length and depth and width and power that is inexhaustibly long and wide and deep and high. We are coming at an enemy who has been trying to crush this small church and say, nope, not Community Bible Church. You and I'm looking at this and I'm saying to him, nope, not Community Bible Church. You can't have her because she is taken. She belongs to Christ. She is spoken for. Her power is not her own. It is the power of Jesus Christ. We are on the move as Community Bible Church. We are just getting started as Community Bible Church and the enemy knows it and the enemy looks at us and says, how can I tear this thing apart before it starts to get some traction? And that ultimately I feel is what's been happening over this year. This church has been through it this year We've been through a lot of different pieces and parts and I feel as if God is getting us to the end of this year and he's saying, you've been through a lot, but you are not done. You are not over. The power that Christ worked in the beginning is still here and live and active and is gonna move us forward in the future. And can I just remind us, Community Bible Church, you have the power of Christ that is in you that cannot be exhausted. And so whether you may feel tired and exhausted and looking for another pick-me-up and another fix, God says, I wanna remind you, community, you have a power that cannot be exhausted. You have a power that is found on your knees and a power that is found through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone this morning. That's it. That's all we have. And if we get outside of it, we're going to mess this thing up. And God says, don't do it. Remember who you are. This morning, um, as we wrap up, we're going to end a little differently. Um, because I want us to see the goodness of Christ. I want us to see, community, that, that he has not left us alone. God is just getting us off the finish line again, our starting line again. I really feel as if he's moving us into the next phase, the next chapter of Community Bible Church. And we all get to be a part of it. And so what we're going to do is, I'm going to have um, the community students come in because I don't want them to miss this. So you guys can come on in. If you guys want to come on in, they're waiting out there. We kind of want to make sure they're part of this. But as they're coming in, um, I wanted to remind us of what God has been doing in and through us. This is officially the last uh, Sunday morning here. And uh, God has been faithful to us. 
Woo! Even when I step on coffee and spill it. God has been faithful to us. And I want us to be reminded of it together as a church body. So I thought it'd be good for them to come in and see this as well. But I want us just to enjoy this morning. I want us to kind of look at this and say, wow, okay, let's remember where we've come from and where God is taking us to. And then uh, we'll close out from there. We are excited. Um, We're ready to keep moving forward together as a body of Jesus Christ together. And uh, hopefully it's just encouraging to you guys see what God has done over the last couple years and knowing what God is going to move us into in the years to come. This is just getting started and uh, could not be more excited for it. So we pray that you guys have a great Christmas. Hopefully we see you tomorrow evening out here. But just wanted to remind you again of God's goodness and what he has done for us and actually through us in this community. So thanks for being a part of it. Have a great Christmas if I don't see you before. And uh, thanks for being here. Thanks.